NPR recently aired a commentary on the 100th anniversary of the Black Sox scandal. In 1919, eight players on the Chicago White Sox, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, fixed the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds and were subsequently banned from baseball for life. The NPR commentary, titled, You Know the Story of the 1919 Black Sox? Think Again, relies mostly on an interview with Jacob Pomremke, who is heading a Society for American Baseball Research project titled Eight Miss Out. His committee, based on the discovery of new information, is looking into the misconceptions and inaccuracies surrounding the Black Sox scandal. In late September, Sabre will hold a Black Sox Centennial Symposium in Chicago. Since its publication in 1963, Elliot Azenoff's Eight Men Out has been generally regarded as a seminal work on the Black Sox scandal and won praise from generations of renowned baseball writers and historians. Tom Rentke and his committee, however, are asking if Azenoff's story of the scandal matches reality. Among the myths uncovered by Palm Remke's committee was Azenoff's claim that the 1919 White Sox players were poorly paid and fixed the World Series to get back at owner Charles Kaminsky when, in fact, they were among the highest paid in baseball. We can't climb into the heads of the Black Sox players to know exactly why they threw the World Series. Um, but we have accurate salary information that sheds a little bit of new light on how much they were paid, and uh, we can compare that to other players around the major leagues. And it turns out that the 1919 White Sox were one of the highest-paid teams in baseball, and most of their players were paid far better than their peers in the American League. And so we're able to kind of uh, find you know more information about uh, you know what may have been going through their minds as they were fixing the World Series. And you know if the White Sox players did feel resentment at their salaries under the reserve clause system, uh, so did players from every other major league team. And so the scandal was a lot more complex than uh, disgruntled players trying to get back at the big bad boss. The problem with Pomerantke's attempts to discredit eight men out is that his criticism ignores history. The White Sox may have been among baseball's highest paid players in 1919, but that doesn't mean they were well paid. Baseball's reserve clause gave owners absolute control over the players and that included their salaries. Players had battled owners over their salaries for generations, and that included a failed attempt to form their own league. Azenoff claimed that resentful players, including the White Sox, believed with good reason they were underpaid, was no myth. Another myth, according to Pomeranke, is Azenoff's assertion that players resisted talking to him because of the shame they all felt, but his committee has uncovered more than 100 interviews willingly granted through the years by those who played in the 1919 World Series. Happy Felsch was his main source among the players uh, as far as the Black Sox who would uh, be interviewed by him for the book. Um, but none of the other players who were alive would talk to him much. And Asinoff attributed their reluctance to talk to kind of the shame that they all felt about the 1919 World Series. This was a subject that he said nobody really wanted to talk about. And uh, it, that actually wasn't true. Bomrenke's comments on Azenoff's alleged failed attempts to interview Black Sox players is simply based on a misreading. Azenoff never wrote that players refused to be interviewed or that they were ashamed. They were happy to talk with Azenoff and resisted only when Azenoff wanted them to talk about the World Series fix. The reason he gave for the resistance was fear, not shame. Azenoff claimed that players were afraid of reprisals from gamblers if they talked. Considering that Arnold Rothstein, 
who bankrolled the fix, was shot to death by a fellow gambler. They had reason to be afraid. Pomrenkin concludes his NPR interview by making his own claim that we, as a society, look back at the Black Sox with scorn. But in their time, gamblers were commonplace at ballparks, and baseball did little to keep them away from the game. The greatest myth, according to Pomrenkin, is the idea that the 1919 World Series was this loss of innocence for baseball. Pomremke claims that today we look back with scorn on Black Sox players, but that is a view contrary to Azenoff's perspective in Eight Men Out. Azenoff portrays the Black Sox, especially Joe Jackson and Buck Weaver, as tragic figures, doomed to become outcasts from the game they love after betraying that game. Rather than writing with moral outrage, Azenoff offers an understanding and compassionate view of what he regards as an American tragedy. In his introduction to Eight Men Out, Stephen Jay Gould wrote that if baseball's appeal lies in its history and mythology, then the Black Sox scandal represents a pivotal moment by dispelling forever the cardinal legend of innocence. Innocence is precious, but truth is better. While it may have its flaws, no baseball book is better at getting at the truth of the game in its darkest moment and dispelling the myth of innocence than eight men out. It validates educator and historian Jacques Barzun's claim that whoever wants to know the heart and mind of America had better learn baseball. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.